This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. It's Tuesday night, we're up the top of the tower. It can mean only one thing. The next 60 minutes is nothing but the very best of Merseyside fight sports. All the latest from the boxing ring and from the mixed martial arts cages. This is the place to be to catch up with everything that's going on right now. And after the crazy few weeks, anyone that listens to the show last week would know that I was out in New York, came back, the whole Amir Khan fight thing. And if you want more on that, check out uh, fightdisciples.com or check out social media at Fight Disciples. This is the Fight Disciples show for Radio City Talk, all about the very best of Merseyside fight sports. And tonight I'm delighted to say I'm joined in the studio by a very special talent indeed. Coming up this weekend, May the 4th, that's it, Star Wars Day, the 4th of May, Greenbank Sports Academy uh, will host yet another great show by Everton Red Triangle. Anyone that's been lucky enough to go to one of these shows over the last 18 months or so will know that absolutely packed with Merseyside talent, loads of local interest there. They've been skipping backwards and forwards from a few venues around the city, but Greenbank Sports Centre for me is the place to go and watch it. Great fight card this weekend. I think there's eight or nine fights on at the very least, and as I say, it's an ERT show, so it's packed with ERT talent. I'm delighted to say uh, the guy will, who will headline on Saturday night, the one and only Mr. Nick Ball, is in the studio with me once again. Welcome back to the studio, my mate. Nice one, I man. think this is the third time I've had you in the studio now, yeah, yeah. which is pushing records, I think. <laughs> I don't think I've had anyone in so regularly, but um, since you first came in, was ahead of the Brian Phillips fight. Yeah. And I had both years in together and stuff like that. You were very quiet then. I don't know whether because you were in fight mode, but then you came in in October uh, ahead of your sixth, I think that was your sixth pro fight, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, against Joe Ducker. Um, and obviously you were, you know, expressing a little bit more about where you wanted to go in this game and everything else. Anyone that hasn't seen Nick fight, let me just tell you, this kid has got everything. There's a reason why he's been in three times, because I'm backing this kid to go all the way. He's got all the ability in the world. He's ferocious, and he's made for TV. The world doesn't know this yet, but you're made for TV. Your style is made for TV. Yeah. The way you throw punches, massive combination puncher, and you're a finisher. And that's what we've seen. Listen, I'm not taking credit for it, but the first time you came in was before the Brian Phillips fight, yeah. and you've steamrolled everybody since. So. Yeah. Has anything changed in your mind with the Brian Phillips fight? Was that like a breakthrough fight for you in terms of getting um, the job done early? Well, it was it was like a 50-50 one, really, because no one really seen much of me. And I've been fighting like the journeyman and stuff with like not winning records, but Brian had a winning record and I had a winning record. And then it just showed really what I'm about to everyone. But I still haven't had the chance to do that yet properly, but I'm just getting stronger and as it, as it goes on, really. Since the Brian Phillips fight, though, you know you you beat Brian in two, you beat Joe Ducker in two, you beat uh, Sajana last time out in two at Green Bank as well. That was um that was in March. Is it because now you're getting guys that are coming forward a little bit more? Obviously, you've stepped up a level. You're getting guys that are coming to Liverpool trying to trying to walk away with the win. Whereas your first four or five fights, and this happens with most pros, you're engaged journeymen who are there just to survive. Yeah, because when you're with them journeymen, they're just tucking up on the back foot, but. When s- someone's coming to to win, you, you you can like find openings that when they're throwing shots and that, so it's better. Yeah, absolutely. The um, which has been your favorite performance so far? Probably um, the most exciting one for for people. I think it would probably be the Joe Ducker one, but 
Maybe it was the maybe it was the Brian Phillips one because everyone I th- I thought everyone was just like underestimating me and thought he was going to win and I I showed them different. I think the thing with the Brian Phillips fight and you know we I seen it up close and personal because you guys were both in the studio together and he was very vocal. You know he was he was letting everybody know what he was going to do and you were a lot more quiet, a lot more reserved. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is going to be an interesting fight. And then obviously I was ringside for that fight and you know I think it's fair to say you kind of ran through. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment of it, but I think that was that was probably it. You know, it, listen, sometimes loose lips sink ships, but you can talk yourself into big fights, and people are listening. And go, oh, this kid's got it. This kid's, you know, and you yeah. were very quiet, but you've stolen that limelight now. And then you, as you say, you march straight into the Joe Ducker fight, and I wasn't present for the Joe Ducker fight, but I watched it again yesterday. I remember watching it live because it was streamed on at time that one from Grand Central Hall, but I watched it yesterday. And you know the finish. 29 unanswered punches you hit him with it, yeah. before the referee jumped in, yeah. Cause, and, and that wasn't the first. There was a few t- there was a few stages in that fight where he was literally running backwards and you were just stalking him, chasing him down, yeah. throwing bombs. And that's why I think your style is so suited for TV. Yeah. It's exciting, isn't it? So, it's absolutely yeah. exciting, yeah. So, obviously, um, have you got an opponent for Saturday, yeah? Yeah. Um, Michael Carrero, his name is. I haven't seen much of him, like, um, but yeah, he's from Spain. Was the last opponent international? Was he an international? Yeah, he was, he was from well, Spain yeah. as well. Yeah, Barcelona. Michael let's have a look. Can you say for Jazza Dickens? Let's see if we can get his yeah. record up here as well. Yeah, Michael Isaac Herrero. Yeah. Oh, he's originally from Nicaragua. Fights out of Spain. Yeah. Uh, but another active fighter, isn't he? Looks like he's busy. Yeah, it's, it's a, listen, it's another to tough. Yeah, yeah. I think he well, he's fought Sam Maxwell, so that's a you know he's so he he's gonna have a bit of a size and reach advantage on you. Yeah. But it's that kind of the situation at the moment. Listen, it's brilliant for us fans to see you starting to really put your step in against these guys and letting your hands go because you've got heavy hands and being able to finish them. But it's another headache then for for Paul and for um, the the matchmaker to get you matched up because obviously yeah. people are like wait a minute. It's all good and well fighting someone who's five and zero with no knockouts, but once them knockouts start coming, people, people start, start wanting more money. The, yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been fighting at um, Super Feather on the day, so th- this one's at nine stone five. Um, but obviously, when I get day before weigh-ins, and I'll go down to Featherweight. Yeah. And box at nine stone. It's an exciting time down at Featherweight. You mentioned there, uh, Jazz Dickens. Obviously, I had Jazz on the show recently, and. You know, he bounced, he's, he's back in action now. He's domestic again. He's, you know, he's put the whole US thing behind him. But from a domestic point of view, from a British point of view, the featherweight division's absolutely popping at the moment. Yeah, it's flying, isn't it? Abs- there's so many amazing fights out there. And you must be looking at it like rubbing your hands together, thinking, just waiting for that opportunity. Yeah, I've just got to keep winning. Um, keep doing what I'm doing. Keep winning until I get an opportunity for a title, which I think I'm, I'm more than ready for. But just got to wait for the opportunity to come. Would you be prepared to fight for like a central area or English? Yeah, definitely. Would you rather go that route? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, the central area, then the English or whatever. Whatever opportunity I get. Yeah, no doubt. Um, obviously, Alex is in your gym as well. And is in a similar kind of position to yourself, but Alex has already got that TV link as mm-hmm. well. You know, he's fighting on these ERT shows, but he's getting TV opportunities as well. Um, I'm, I've no doubt that that, you know, Paul's banging on the door, the likes of Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren and whatever else. But what's what's the message in camp in, in regards to that? Is it just a case of keeping on winning and just kind of keep pushing it? Yeah, Paul just um, just says, like, 
keep doing what you're doing, keep working with us and keep winning and be patient and your time will come. Yeah. Someone soon enough will like spot you. So you've just got to keep doing what you're doing, be patient. Yeah, keep putting people away. How yeah. important is it for you then to to maybe make, to do featherweight? To let the world know, to let the, the British rankings know you're a featherweight or you're quite happy to stay at super feather for now and then when the title chance comes, slip down? Yeah, um, well, I, I think I boxed the featherweight with Brian. So I've done it before. Um, I'm strong, strong, for, very strong for featherweight. Um, but for these on the day ones, yeah. Um, I'll just keep doing super feather, and then once the title comes, I'll I'll definitely be doing featherweight. Just looking at the featherweight rankings now domestically. Obviously, Jordan Gill's a good mate of mine. He's he's absolutely flying at the moment. As I say, Jack Jazz has put himself right in the mix there, and there's so many good fights. Who's the who is the English champion of featherweight? Do you know? Um, Ryan Ryan Walsh is it? Oh right, okay, Ryan yeah, Walsh, yeah. I, th- I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do you think you're ready for something like that now, or is that what you're thinking towards yeah. the end of the year, or would yeah. you literally jump at anything? I'd jump at anything right now, yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Yeah. Are you, um, this journey, it seems to have happened for you relatively quickly in the pro ranks. It seems to have just moved along really well, and obviously the benefit of that is the fact that ERT are putting on their own shows and you're getting loads of work because there's, we've talked about it then before we come on here, how important it is when you come to selling tickets with mates and everything else that you can go, there's another show in two months, there's another show in two months. They haven't got to travel, they haven't got to go anywhere, it's one side of the city or the other. In terms of building your career, that's been so important, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been boss. Um, can't thank Paul enough for it and Black Flash prom- Promotions because um, if they weren't putting on these shows, it's like five years. I don't. I'd be getting like one, two if that, because yeah. I haven't got to deal with anyone. Um, so it'd be hard getting on shows. But yeah. with these, it's it's in Liverpool. It's local. All local lads are on it. People want to come and see it. So it's good selling the tickets. When I went to the the Brian Phillips fight as well, the atmosphere was ace. Yeah. You know, because as you say, you you've got loads of Liverpool lads on there selling pockets of tickets, whether it's fifty tickets, a hundred tickets, whatever it may be. But by the time you've got half a dozen of them on the card, and then you know, next thing you know, you got six, seven hundred people in there. Yeah. The atmosphere's alive, and then that was the beauty of the Brian Phillips fight. Is you had that needle as well. You had that local rivalry. Mm, build it, done it. Of course, it yeah. did. Yeah, threw it's in boss. the mix as an experience for you that early in the career. And I remember saying to you both at the time as well, this is this is a huge thing that you're both doing. You're headlining the card in your hometown in a domestic rivalry, and you're both in single figures at the moment. There was no loser in that fight, but obviously Brian's moved sideways now. He's he's changing prom- uh, training and everything else. But for yourself, as I say, that just lit the blue touch paper. And uh, yeah. you know you haven't been up the second round since. Mm, it's been good. It's been a good confidence boost for me. Um, it's just yeah, just keep gotta keep winning. Were you frustrated in them first few fights prior to Brian that you weren't getting the finishes? Because speaking to Paul and speak, you know, obviously your amateur record speaks for itself. But people who are in and around the gym saying. Wait and see how heavy Nick's hands are. Wait and see how fast he can be, and yeah. and you're getting in with guys who've you know who've had forty odd fights, and they're tricky. They're tricky, man. Yeah. They, you know, they know how to survive. No one knows how tough they are until you're in there with them. But I um I turned pro. I I had um like two years out from boxing, like from an amateur state to pro. So I had two years out. So them first couple of fights were just getting back to used to being in the ring with them, and I was happy to go the distance because with them fights that I did, I, I learned a lot. In yeah. there, and if I would have got out, got them out there in the first round, I maybe wouldn't have learned what I have. So it was good. Yeah, of course. But those days are over. Yeah, we don't want the judges no. anymore. That's it. That's it. No, it's all finishes from here on out. Yeah. Um, 
obviously Saturday night, nine and no. A fourth straight finish would be lovely. Um, are you able to start banging on the doors now? Is Paul able to start banging on the doors of the likes of Eddie Hearn and stuff and say, "Come on, I've got this. I've got this young wrecking machine here, perfect for TV." Yeah, I, I think so. I think if if any of them see me, what like seeing what I'm doing in the ring, they, they wouldn't um, they wouldn't hesitate. We're desperate for a show in Liverpool, and listen, I spoke to. Um, Jazza, and he seems to think there's going to be a big show, a big card. Sorry, coming in around July time, August time. Um, the problem is, of course, you know Liverpool's flagship champion at the moment, Callum Smith, is fighting in America like so many other, um, so many other of Britain's world champions now are going over there because the money once again is back in the US. But that also leads a gulf here in terms of headliners. Like Sky yeah. need headliners. There's a reason why Sky have just signed world boxing super series and that's to fill shows to fill dates to put world class boxing back on and there's an opportunity there I think for breakout stars to to really push on and really come through so for you for you I kind of feel like you're in a perfect position I I know at the moment it might be a little bit frustrating when you're like you know I could do that on Sky all I need is an opportunity look at Sam Maxwell the other week he Mm -hmm. gets one opportunity okay the fight didn't go how he expected it to go but he got that last round yeah. knockout. Now he's a vile sensation. Yeah, now everybody so, wants him. With that, so. Now they want him on a pay-per-view card on BT Sport. You know, the world's opened up in literally one fight. That's all it takes. Yeah. I say you've got that style as well. That's befitting of a TV audience. So you, you've got to be excited about it. As much as you might be frustrated, you've got to be excited to what the, yeah, I, what's going to happen. Yeah, I am excited, yeah, because I can sort of see it happening, to be honest. Um, just got to stay focused and believe it will happen and then, one day it will. Yeah. Have Stay you, patient. Have you been around any of the big TV shows with Alex or anything? Have you been backstage? Have you? Um, yeah, I've been on a few ones that Alex Alex has been on. Um, I've been backstage in the changes with Paul and stuff, getting a feel for it. Yeah. And picturing myself there, it's boss. Is that what it's all about at that stage? You know, when you when you're there, you're backstage and arena events, TV cameras. Is it all about visualization? Is it all about sitting there thinking, okay? It's not Alex getting his hand wrapped, it's me now. Yeah. How am I going to experience it? How am I going to, yeah, you know... Take it all in So in your head, so when it actually does happen, you're ready for it. Yeah. You've already prepared for it. How many times have you played that out in your mind? How many times have you played out walking out at the Echo Arena or sit, sitting in the dressing rooms? Or... Loads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loads, yeah, it's boss. It will happen, mate. Yeah, Absolutely, definitely. it will happen. Uh, you're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'd like to say Nick Ball joins me in the studio ahead of a massive weekend on Saturday night. Green Bank Sports Centre, Everton Red Triangle Show, packed to the rafters. Brandon Dayord, Connor Butler, Bradley Strand, uh, Jonathan Walsh, Meshach Spear, the wrecking machine himself, and Harry Woods all on there. Is that everybody? Andrew Kane. Andrew Kane's on there as well. And who's the and who's the girl um, making a debut? Is it Carly? Carly um, Carly Skelly. Carly Skelly, yeah. Um Matthew. Is it Matthew Rennie? Matthew Rennie. Yeah. Is he making his debut as well? Yeah. Wow. No, I think this is his second fight. Second one. Yeah. Listen, absolutely packed. There will be tickets on the door at Green Banks Mort Centre. Get down there, support the next generation. I'll tell you what. Listen, this is why he's been on the show three times. Nick Ball is desperate and destined, sorry, for big TV shows and you can say I was there when he boxed that Green Bank Sports Centre. Don't go anywhere. More from Nick after the break. You're listening to The Fight Disciples. 
You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. If you just joined us, I'm delighted to say Nick Ball joins me in the studio ahead of Everton Red Triangle's massive card at Greenbank Sports Academy this coming weekend. Once again, tickets will be on the door. The card is absolutely packed with Scouse talent. Get yourself down there. Before I come back to Nick, because I heard a wicked rumour the other day that Nick is putting an appeal out there to spar with Canelo Alvarez, the the Mexican superstar. So I want to pick up on that. But first, before I do, a little bit of boxing news, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, Paul Butler will be first reserve on the Glasgow Bill on May the 18th um, with uh, Inoue and Emmanuel Rodriguez fighting for the WBA World Bantamweight title. That is the semi-final of the World Boxing Super Series um, and Paul Butler is first reserve. He will be on that show in Glasgow just in case Rodriguez or Inoue have any injuries. And listen, it was the World Boxing Super Series last weekend and Zelani Tete had to pull out and a reserve stepped in uh, and fought Nanito Denier in that semi-final. Even though he didn't win, the opportunity was there. So you never say never with Paul Butler. Fingers crossed he gets an opportunity up in Glasgow. Um, you've probably seen in the press over the last 24 hours, David Price has been added to the July 20th pay-per-view card on Sky Sports, headlined by Dillian White. He will be taking on every fight fan in Britain, seemingly favourite. I don't even think we can call him a journeyman anymore because he's a, he's a top contender. He's just beat a former world champion. He's taken on Dave Allen, who's probably one of the most popular boxers in Britain right now. Tell you what, that's a fight um, that outside the Merseyside at least will have people divided. David Price versus David Allen, two of the most likeable heavyweights in world boxing. Anyway, they will go at it. Big Pricey for me has got all the advantages. Um, and if he comes through that one, I'll tell you what, he's literally a phone call or two away from a world title fight. Believe it, it's true. Listen, believe it and you can achieve it because... With Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, and Anthony Joshua all signed to different TV networks in America, you better believe they all need dancing partners. And if Pricey can put another couple of wins together, including a win over Dave Allen, who's the talk of the town right now, Pricey will be right in the mix. So we're right behind him for July the 20th. And then finally, Callum Smith. His opponent will be announced this week, 100%. He is on the Anthony Joshua undercard on June the 1st. I can confirm he will be the co-main event. He is defending his world super middleweight titles. His ring magazine belt is spot as the number one 12-stone fighter on the planet. No opponent as yet, but it is a world title defense, so it will be a world-caliber opponent. Super exciting times for Callum Smith. Again, disappointing that he's not fighting in Liverpool, of course, but you've got to spread those wings sometimes to bring in the real money, that quan, which is what every boxer deserves and is after. Hopefully, Cam Smith, a big defence on June the 1st, will set him up with something huge back in Liverpool or certainly up in the northwest uh, at the back end of the year. We want a unification fight. We want Callum Smith as the world number one super middleweight for the next 12 months before he moves up to light heavy and makes a dint on that as well. Um, I mentioned him then, Canelo Alvarez. Fights this weekend against Danny Jacobs to see if he can uh, keep hold of the lineal middleweight championship belt and retain his, his spot in the top of the pound-for-pound rankings in many people's books. But you better listen. Danny Jacobs is a pushover because Nick Ball's after him. And that's the main point. Where, where did that come from, Nick? I just read a headline somewhere saying, I want to go to Mexico and start Spark Canelo. Yeah, I was doing an interview with um, Seconds Out and he said to me, if, if you were to spar anyone now in the world, who would it be? So I just said Canelo. What made you pick Canelo? Just because just you like his fighting style? Yeah, I, I love his fighting style and I think I'd learn, learn the most from him. Yeah. Because I, I think he's just the face of boxing now. I think he's running boxing, so... I'd, I'd love to like share a ring with him. His performance against Triple G the second time 
was just unreal. Yeah. Outstanding. He's unbelievable, isn't he? Uh, to be honest, that was that performance. Obviously, listen, I, I know he was incredible against Rocky Field and as well. Paul Rocky just couldn't get out the way in them body shots. But for me, I thought he just I thought he'd lost the first fight with Golovkin. I didn't think he could change the way he was fighting. I certainly didn't think he would beat Golovkin at his own game, which is pressing forward and, and pressurising him and unloading bombs. But he watching you fight, up, yeah. I can see why you're a big Canelo fan. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sort of similar to his style. Like He, he pushes forward with, with the combinations and putting the pressure on. And that's what he did, as you said there, with the, uh, the second Golovkin fight. That's what he done. He pushed him back. Um, and then the Rocky Fielding fight, he was unbelievable in that. I think he's just getting better with each fight. Yeah. I'd like to see him move up to super middleweight. I think a, a fight with Callum Smith would be sensational. Yeah. I think he's you know obviously size wise Callum Smith's just absolutely massive compared to Canelo, but skill wise Canelo's you know I think he'll prove it again this weekend against Danny Jacobs that he's the best middleweight on the planet. Yeah, and he's he's, he's big, isn't he? He's massive for this for middleweight. Um, so he bought it'd be an interesting fight this one this weekend. Looking forward to it. It's crazy to think that he fought Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, when you look at how big Canelo is, how thick he is, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he was he was. What, 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 I don't know what weight that was at. What weight was that that at? At super welted, I think it was, like middle. Yeah. So, but, he, you know, he's, he's he's a phenomenal athlete, Canelo, but obviously you're a Canelo fan. How did you feel when he, when he, when the whole taint, taint of beef excuse and all that? Let's face it, he failed a drug test. Yeah. Come up with the worst, worst excuse in the world. Yeah, if you fail, fail a drug test, he's, he's wrong, isn't he, for doing that, I think. Um, but it's still, it's, it's boxing. Like it's still not gonna take anything away from his boxing. He's still an unbelievable, unbelievable boxer, but yeah. he's 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 uh, bang out of order for doing that. I think anyway. What's your stance on PDs? Because obviously, listen, like like every clean competing boxer, you're you're obviously against them. But for people that don't know, what what are the benefits of taking PDs? Then, if you're if you're a professional boxer, I don't even know what they are. PDs, what is it? Just, you know, performance oh, performance drugs. Oh, the drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know the benefits in them. I think you're weak, mate, if you take them. Like. You you wanting to cheat on you and wanting to get a like an edge over your opponent when you don't really need to because there's enough going into it anyway, and it's it's dangerous as it is anyway the sport. But I think you should just get a ban ban for life if you get caught on them. Me, that's yeah. my that's my view on them because if you're willing to take them, you should be willing to like pay the price. Yeah, definitely. Because listen, we talk about this all the time on Fight Disciples. This is not athletics. It's not cycling. People mm. can get it. Yeah. And if you're willingly taking a performance enhancing drug, then you're for me it's like going into you know it's going into a fist fight with a loaded gun. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you're cheating, but you could you could rob someone's lives. Exactly. With performance enhancing drugs, it is completely selfish. And listen, this is the daft thing about it, and this is what I think what you were alluding to. No matter what he takes, it won't make Canelo a better boxer. No. Taking performance enhancing drugs doesn't make him the boxer he is. No. He is the boxer he is because he's amazing. It, it, it won't put skills on you. It, it won't Absolutely change. Absolutely not. So he's got that already, but it, it just makes you stronger, doesn't it, and fitter or whatever the thing. Well, I, th- I think more than anything else, certainly this EPO, which seems to be like what Jarrell Miller's just popped for, seems to be the trend at the moment. And funnily enough, it's what Lance Armstrong got done for in cycling. What performance enhancing drugs does, it doesn't necessarily turn you into the Hulk. doesn't turn you, you know, into a man mountain or put muscle on muscle. Or certainly it doesn't for fighters because that's not what they're taking it for I think what fighters take it for is means you can go for your third session of the yeah. day at the age of 36 and feel like you're 21 again Yeah, you know you do you, you do two or three sessions a day you might do 10-12 sessions a week at your age you're probably not going to feel it 
if, if I was to try and do that, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't last two days. Yeah, so it's giving you a better recovery time, isn't That's it? That's it. Wax up my testosterone, everything else. Makes, makes you train harder. Of yeah. course. You've still got to train, but it'll give you that edge of training harder, yeah. Absolutely. So I, I think that's sometimes that's where fight fans get mis- misled because they think, well, how can he be, how can Jarrell Miller be on drugs? Look at the state of him. I know. Looks like a big fat fella, but that's not the point. There's probably a reason why that big fat fella can fight the way he does for 12 rounds and throw the number of punches he can for 12 rounds. Because he's been on that. Because he's got that as well. Plus, I think there's also that weird placebo effect about performance-enhancing drugs. It's like, if you take it, well, no one can beat me now. Mm. You know, you've got that extra thing inside just to go, well, he's not on them and I am, so I I must be able to beat him. Yeah, That's what they think, but... I think you're weak if you if you want to take them yep. you're weak because you, you you're thinking about getting beat if you, if you, if you want to cycle like an edge on them yeah. like taking that so and the worst part about it they're only getting like six month bans and all that it's crazy that's the worst thing Jarrell Miller this week when it came out that he's got a six month ban and the, the reason is he's fell between the cracks to be honest with you so he didn't have a license to fight in New York at the time of his got of, of getting found out and the WBA can't ban him forever because they're just the governing body so the WBA have gone we're keeping you out of our listings for the next six months so he can't be ranked by the WBA for six months that's all it was he's not banned and New York Commission said you can't apply for a license for six months Yeah. so basically he's got a, he's, he's basically got six months off and that, that's, the, that's the frustrating and it was the same with Canelo if you remember he got done and he said oh it was tainted beef in Mexico and they said okay you're, you're banned for eight months or whatever it was and he went okay well i'll go and have that shoulder surgery i've been waiting to have for the last two years yeah and you're like it's not really a ban then is it you're it's just basically getting it? time off to recover your body yeah. and now you'll probably come back even stronger so it's not i obviously you're a canelo fan i'm team danny jacobs this weekend just purely because i want to see the cheat get beat get yeah beat. which is fair yeah where do you do you have canelo at the top of your pound for pound rankings is he the number one for you yeah even even above the main man in your weight division well, sorry, he's moved up to lightweight now, but he, you'd rank him above Lomachenko? Yeah, I would, yeah. Now, that's because of your fighting style. Yeah, and plus, Because you appreciate what he does. Yeah. And I guess the longevity as well. Yeah, and how many he, he, he's been in with. He's been in with all kinds. He's had a lot more fights than Lomachenko. I think he's um, he deserves it more. Yeah. Yeah. I can. You he's can been s- tested, hasn't he? And yeah. He's, as a pro, he's... Yeah. Absolutely. So, definitely. From... Um, Let's get back to your career then. Obviously, in the short term, we're literally waiting for that phone to ring. We want that type of opportunity. We want that TV opportunity. Have you got a, a figure in mind in terms of where you want to be next summer? How many fights you want to have this year? You know, you, Is it like, right, I definitely want to belt around my waist before the end of 2019. I definitely want a British title fight by the end of 2020. You know, Are you thinking like that? Yeah. Um, by the end of this year, I should be like 12 and 13 and all. And then I don't see why I can't. Um get a title if not before that maybe this year I could fight for a title but you've just got to keep waiting for that opportunity you never know when it's going to be so I'll always be ready for it just in case it does of course does come yeah so and and it's the traditional route you want to go central yeah. area yeah. English British Commonwealth definitely yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't want to no I'd like to work my way up yeah and get them all yeah. why is that just to just so you know in your own mind yeah just so I know and it's it's, it's nice isn't it to instead of skipping them get get, get them all on the way so I've got them all. Listen, that club you come from, that Everton Red Triangle, that is a club steeped in history when it comes to the British title. Yeah. You know, I remember going down to Everton Red Triangle and um, the great Alan Rudkin, his his original British title belt was there. And I'm not listen, the British title belt is the best looking belt in all of boxing, don't get me wrong. But Alan Rudkin had the old British title belt, which was made out of like a rose gold. 
do you know what? I don't even know how much it was worth, but I'd be surprised if it's less than six figures now because yeah. they're the old-fashioned ones. And it was in a bag at the old Everton Red Triangle, literally kept in like a silk bag. It was a dusty un- bag. <laughs> just an old dusty bag. Yeah. It had been thrown on a shelf somewhere. This priceless, pretty much antique of boxing. And for me, that, you know, that I think that was one of my earliest visits to Everton Red Triangle was to see Alan and to see this belt and, and all that. So it, it, that's the beauty of what Paul's doing, what you guys are doing with the club right now. You know what I mean? You, hopefully you appreciate the history that goes behind that club and what's going on and the amount amazing steps forward that it's taken now. Yeah, definitely. I haven't, um, I don't know too much about the history. I haven't read up on it, but Paul, Paul's told us a bit about it. But um, Paul's unbelievable since I've been at um, Everton Red Triangle. I've learned, learned loads that I think I, I, I didn't even think I'd be able to learn. But you're learning every day with Paul. Um, coming on faster, stronger, fitter. Just unbelievable coach. So surely that's all you can ask for as a fighter, as an athlete, is to go to de- you know, tomorrow I'll be better than today. Yeah. In the short term, that's ama- that must be an amazing feeling. Yeah, definitely. Because you've got to be able to trust your coach and I 100% trust Paul with everything he says because everything he does say, I've done and it's worked. So that's how I know it works. Are you, uh, you know, you, you say you like to visualise and stuff. Do you put post-it notes around? Are you like one of those guys or um, to remind yourself, you know? No, I'm not, not really like that, no. Um, I don't really put like, Posters all knocked up and keep. What do you mean? What do you mean by just that? Like, just like little reminders, you know, to this is where we're going. This is the journey we're on. Stay away from that. Stay away from this. You know, because you're a young man. You've obviously yeah. got temptations. Your mates are out and whatever else, and you've chosen this Spartan lifestyle. Yeah. And at the moment, it can be tough when you, when as I say, when other people are fighting on TV and you're thinking, I could do that. I, I need that opportunity. Yeah. It can be frustrating a little bit when you're going round selling tickets door to door. This is the hard part. This, yeah. But to do this makes the next bit all the sweeter. Yeah, it's stressful, this bit, like the tickets and all that, but I know where I'm going to go with the sport, so I'm, I'm already focused, so I wouldn't need to, I don't really need to, like, um, put put little reminders up, because I already know I'm already that focused. I mean, my mindset's already that strong, so I know, I know what I want, so. What is the what is the, the daydream that you have at the moment? Obviously, we talked about being in the backstage at the Echo Arena, but... Is the first daydream holding that Lonsdale belt? Is it? Hold, are you are you already dreaming about a world title belt? Yeah, the the British title belt's the probably the best belt. But the any any fighter wants that, that that's the best belt. But world title, yeah, I, I know I'm definitely um, definitely wanting one of them definitely, yeah. and I will get one. Absolutely. Listen, as I say, there's a reason why this lad's been in here three times in the last twelve months or whatever it is, and that's because. I've seen him fight up close and personal, and I truly believe he's got the minerals to go right to the very top of this sport. Thanks you so much for joining us in the studio, Nick. Thanks Please don't go anywhere, me. of course, mate. Once again, Ever- uh, Everton Red Triangle Show this weekend, Greenbank Sports Academy, Saturday night, May the 4th. Get down there. From the sounds of it, I thought there was only eight or nine fights on. There's, it sounds like there's double figures fights on. Loads of local fighters in action, people making their debuts, Nick looking to go nine and no. Listen, let me tell you this as well. If you do go, if you are lucky to go to Greenbank on Saturday, check out Nick versus Meshach Spear. I know they're teammates, but these two are like the Charlo twins. They compete with each other to see who can score the best knockout. So make sure you get in there. Put some money on that if you like as well. Meshach's a wrecking machine, but Nick, they, they have this competition. 
It's brilliant. It's what it's all about. This is sports entertainment at the end of the day. Don't go anywhere. You listen to Fight Disciples. Coming up after break, we're going to finish the show by wrapping up some uh, MMA news, some UFC news for local fighters. And there's a big card from Bellator in Birmingham on Saturday night involving four Merseysiders. I'll give you a full lowdown after the break. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. If you just joined us, where have you been? You've missed Nick Ball. He was in studio ahead of the big fight card at Greenbank Sports Academy this weekend. Once again, tickets will be available on the door. Get down there. Now, as promised, the final part of the show is dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, and there's loads going on at the moment. Molly McCann's just gone back into camp with Chris Fishgold. Both of those have got UFC dates. McCann is out at UFC Greenville in South Carolina on June the 22nd, and Fishgold, of course, we've talked about him before. He returns in Stockholm on June the 1st. But first up is Bellator this weekend. Bellator, Birmingham goes down this coming weekend. There's four Merseysiders on the bill. Lee Chadwick moves up to light heavyweight to take on former UFC heavyweight James Mulheron. Lee's going up. James is coming down. That's going to be a cracker. Gavin Hughes returns to compete in the UK once again. Uh, he starts his Bellator campaign against Mohamed Yaha. And St. Helens heavyweight Rob Beach takes on Portugal's Domingos Barrios. Loads of great fights there. Loads to look out for. But I don't want to talk about any of them because I want to talk about the main man. We haven't seen him for six years now. But Rafael the Killer, Team K- Cowboy's own super prodigy. I'm going to I'm gonna butcher your name again now, Ras. Raf. I'll just say your same name again. Sorry, let's get this done. People need to know. Rafael Uchebu. Uchebu, that's it. Rafael Uchebu joins me on the line. I'm delighted to say we are in fight week for the first time in six years, Raf. How does it feel? Are you excited? Yeah, super excited, you know, ready to go. It's been a long time coming. Uh, making me pro debut in a few days' time, you know, it's a big opportunity, so I am really excited for it, yeah. I think anyone that covers Merseyside mixed martial arts a couple of years ago, when you came through as an amateur, you had a couple of amateur fights, a couple of wins, everyone was getting super excited about this 16-year-old, 17-year-old spindly kid that had all this talent, that was a product of the Team Cowbond production line. We were all getting excited about it. And then six years, nothing? What, what's been happening? Uh, nothing really. That's the, that's the problem, you know. When I come away from MMA, I was doing it from when I was very young. You know, very young. When I was about 13, 14, all the way to, till I was 18 before anyone was really doing it. So I'd been doing it for a long time already at that point. Um, and then so I just got to the stage where it was getting hard for me to get fights at the same time. So stepped away from it for a few years. Um, but then, you know, I found the love for it again. And, you know, I've come back now and now I'm ready. Yeah, hungrier than ever. Absolutely. Well, listen, I've been lucky enough to be down at Team Carbon. I've seen you training with the killers down there. Of course, people will be more than aware of Darren Till and Mike Grundy, both doing their yeah. things in the UFC. But as Team Carbon always is, the mat's always full of killers. And you're not the young boy on there anymore. You're, you've filled oh, out. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, used to be the, the youngest on the mat. That's no longer the situation. So, um, yeah, it feels good. You know, I'm, I'm a man now, so I feel like I can handle it, you know, a bit more of the training notoriously hard than I used to do when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, coming back as a man, it, it, it feels good and I feel, I feel strong on the mat. During those last couple of years, Raf, when you've been away from the sport, um, did you did you always at the back of your mind know, I'll go back to it, I'll, I'll be back in MMA at one point, or was there any, any time where you thought, you know what, maybe it isn't for me? To be honest, I always sort of knew that I was going to come back into the sport. 
um, in the back of my mind, I knew that, you know, just having a normal job and doing normal things weren't for me. I knew that any talent lied in fighting and in MMA. So I always knew that I would, you know, eventually come back and make that step back. It was just a matter of time for me. And, you know, when was the right time to sort of come back and fully drop everything and, you know, leave it all behind and fully go for it. Yeah. Why Why this opportunity and why, why Bellator Birmingham this weekend? Well, from probably last year, um, when I, I quit my job fully last year, um, you know, I was looking for looking for fights all over the country. Um, same thing, you know, getting, finding it hard to get matched. Um, you know, different shows that took fights, uh, people pulling out, people not accepting the fight. Um, and this opportunity, you know, come along for me. Um, you know, my management team, Black Panther Sports, um, they sort of negotiated this for me. And, you know, Bellator Birmingham was the was the card that they, they wanted me to fight on. So actually speaking to Colin, uh, speaking to Vladimir Birmingham, it was it was something that, you know, I couldn't really turn down. Uh, it's a massive opportunity for me. So, you know, this is so why not? Why not go for it and why not just you know, start start making you know, get the ball rolling, things like that. Of course, yeah, absolutely. And uh, as you say, it's a, it's a massive showcase to be making your debut on Bellator. For anyone that doesn't know, you know, UFC may well be the Champions League of the sport, but Bellator is very much the uh, the Europa League, if you like. Massive international yeah. brand in the sport. Massive TV deal, of course. Sky Sports exposure, probably a bit further down the line. But so so it's a great vehicle for you to make your your pro debut on. Do, do you feel like you've got you know when you walk in there and you've got the team Carbon colours on? Do you look back at when you were a kid, when you were rolling with the likes of Terry Yetim and Paul Sass and Paul Kelly and all these guys that you're like, you're kind of following on this incredibly proud lineage that the city's got with MMA? Of course, you know, training with them guys from such a young age, you know, it's super inspirational. I've been training with the likes of Terry and Paul Sass, you know, Paul Kelly, all these people who are in the USC, so I've always looked up to them. And it was only a matter of time for it. It was, you know, it was my time to sort of be on the big stage and, you know, start representing the team on the world stage. I know you're doing a lot of one-on-one work at the moment with Terry as well. I've seen you hitting pads yeah. with him more than once. Yeah. Uh, you know, is he the big inspiration behind it? I know Darren Till says similar things, that Terry was his big idol. Is it a similar yeah. thing for you? Yeah, definitely. You know, I've known Terry since I was a baby. Um my mum used to actually babysit him and things like that. So, like, Teddy's been in my my family for a while. And, you know, he used to walk out with his belt in the, in the cage right here today. So, he's always been an inspiration to me. So, to have him in the gym, you know, helping me out and, and his time, giving me his knowledge. It's like, you know, it, it's, ne- it's next level. He's one of the, the, the best fighters and the best UK fighters come out of the, you know, come out of the UK here in the UFC. So, it's it's a privilege and an honour to have him, like, giving me his time and effort. Yeah. Why um why you pro- why straight into the pro ranks now then why not why not you know you haven't fought for six years why not get get a couple of amateur fights under your belt or was it purely down to the fact that you can't get matched up? Originally that was the that was the plan you know I wanted to have a few amateur fights and sort of you know get myself back in there so to get that ring rust out and things like that but you know it just it weren't it weren't happening for me so you know when when opportunities like this come knocking you're not really turning them down it's stupid to say no. Yeah. You know, this is. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm good enough to turn pro. I feel like I'm ready to just, just give it me all now. You know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm still, I, I am still young, but you know, I want to just, I want to just get the ball rolling. I want to get it going, and I really want to just give it 100% for, 
you know, as long as I can fight for now and then just see where it gets me. So why not just jump on straight in the pro scene? Yeah. When you say see how far it gets me, what what are your aspirations then coming into this now, Raf? Where, where, where are you thinking? Where do you want to be? No, I just want to be a world champion, whether that's in Bellator, whether it's in UFC, whether it's in, you know, any other organisation. I just want to fight my way up to be a world champion in, you know, in any of these organisations. So, you know, all, all the things, obviously the end goal, everyone says, you know, they want to be in UFC, they want to be this, that and the other. If that comes along, then perfect. And I don't want to be a world champion in that. If, I, if I'm in Bellator for my whole career, then I want to be world champion in Bellator. So that's just, that's just my mindset and my goal is I want to be a world champion. Yeah. And listen, Bellator, it's, it's an exciting place to be right now. You know, the UFC are only doing one British, you know, unless Darren's dragging them to Liverpool, they do one show in London a year, whereas Bellator are committed, I think, to 10 shows in the UK this year. So there's going to be plenty of opportunity for you to stay busy. Yeah, exactly. So it's perfect. You know, perfect for me as a fighter to, you know, be representing them as an organisation because they're going to be putting the shows on for me. So I'm excited for the future. Absolutely. Listen, it's been six years since we've seen you in action. For anyone that may have forgotten or hasn't, uh, you know, w- wasn't around back then following mixed martial arts, tell us a little bit about your fighting style, Raf. So my fighting style, well, to be honest, it's changed quite a lot from when I was younger. I was more of a grappler when I was when I was younger. I started off in MMA doing sort of all aspects of it. So mm-hmm. I'd say that my all-round game is pretty solid, um, but. You know, I think I think right now since I've since I've sort of come back, I feel like my striking's improved massively. Obviously, my grappling's improved massively as well. But I just feel like my all-round game is uh, is is solid, and I feel like I'm I'm good everywhere. Stature-wise, you've got a similar frame to Terry, haven't you? Your long, long limbs, yeah. long arms. You must have a hell of a reach for your for your weight division. Yeah, yeah. So I'm you know, I'm a bantamweight. I'm around about five ten. So you know, I'm, I'm quite quite tall for the weight. You're taking on Lee Percival this weekend, is that still the case? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Do you know much about him as his fighting style? Have you looked at it have you looked at his fighting style much? Yeah, I've I've seen a couple of his fights, yeah. Um, I haven't really studied them too much. He's such a you know, he's a game opponent, he comes out swinging. He's um you know, he, he come he comes for a fight, so you know, I'm gonna be coming for a fight too, but I just think I'm going to be a bit too technical for him. Yeah. I'm a bit too, too, too much for him. For him. For him. For, you know, I'm not looking past him. He's, you know, he's a game opponent, as you say. So. Obviously, you'll have Colin in your corner on Saturday night. Who else is going to be in the corner team? Yeah, so it's going to be uh, Colin, Terry and uh, Mike Lindy. Wow. Yeah, uh, superstar. I hope Lee Percival's ready. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's a... It's a no, but, with that, that type of that type of corner, you know, you can only and there's heavy people around you. You can only be confident when you're going into these fights. Of course. Well, that's why they say seconds out, isn't it? He's called the second in case he needs to replace yeah. it. It's traditional. So, <laughs> unfortunately for Lee Percival, he's got three absolute legends backing you up. But going into the fight, then you've got to feel like there's a little bit of, you know, I touched on it earlier. You look at yourself in the mirror. You look at the people around you. You look at who's walking to the octagon with you. There's a little bit of pressure there to perform as well because it's like, okay. I'm, res- I'm representing Team Carbon, who just happened to be the most successful MMA club in the country. Yeah. You know, in terms of pressure, I don't really feel the pressure, you know, about going in there. I'm, I know how hard it's trained and how hard we train at the gym. So the pressure sort of lifted off me because I'm fully prepared. I'm, I've, give it, you know, I've given everything in the gym. So, 
there's no sort of pressure involved. It's just a matter of me going in there and performing how I, how I know I, I can perform. Yeah. So it's just like when you put all the hard work in the gym, when you've done everything that your coach has said, when you've tried your hardest, then, you know, there's all you can do is go in there and, and do your best. So, and that's what I'm looking to do. Any predictions for the fight? Anything we should look up, look out for in terms of results on Saturday? Going on the, out there to light him up? Are you looking to take him down and submit him? Yeah, we're just looking to finish the fight. So whatever that goes, whether that's on the feet or whether it's on the guard, I'm just looking to, you know, I'm looking to finish it and, and make a statement for, you know, everyone who's supporting me and everyone who's there in the in the crowd and Bellator. I want to really make a statement and, and finish this guy. Well, that's the thing. The beauty of MMA, unlike a lot of boxing shows, as we both know, is that the crowd turns out for the very first fight. So even though you might be pretty early in the card, um, there will be a lot of fans in there. And listen, once you make yeah. that statement, then you've got to get on the microphone and make a statement on the microphone as well. Because as you yeah, say, you, yeah. you've had six years away from the sport. So even though it's give you time to mature as an athlete and as a man, you've got a little bit yeah. of catching up to do. You've got to make a bit of a statement and make sure you're on Bellator's next UK card as well. Yeah, of course, of course. That's what I'm going to be, you know, campaigning for. Oh, once I get this win on Saturday, you know, I'll be campaigning for sort of the, the next show that they're, that they're putting on, whether that be in London in June or, you know, any of the other European shows that are on in the upcoming months. That's what I'm, I want to stay active this year and I want to fight as many times as I can yeah. um, to make up for lost time. So, yeah, well, it's not just one on there Saturday. I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, get an anything that's, that's close or nearby. Of course. Well, listen, mate, thank you so much for joining us on Fight Disciples. Absolutely super excited to see you coming back. You know, obviously I've been around Team Carbon for 15, 15 years now and to see you as a young man then come back to the sport as no longer a teenager now as a man, making inroads, getting opportunities like this. Mate, you, you know you've got all the skills to do it, to do it and to make a big breakthrough. It's all about you now. So super exciting to be here at the beginning of the journey. Um, Rafaela Chebu, man, here we go. It's all starts Saturday night. We're on this journey. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. As I say, loads of great fights this weekend. If you're at home, if you can't get out, plug into Bellator Birmingham. I think it's on Sky Sports. Check out my social media feed as well. I will 100% be getting RAS results up there with a little bit of footage as soon as possible. So keep wind of that. Obviously, three other scousers on that bill as well. And if you are in Liverpool and you are getting out and about, you fancy seeing some some live fight sports up close and personal, please get down to Everton Spot, Everton's Red Triangle's pro show at Green Bank Sports Centre, absolutely packed with talent. Nick Ball, who was on the show a little bit earlier, is main event headline and looking for yet another straight knockout. And for me, I'll catch you next week here on Radio City Talk. We have been the Fight Disciples. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.